Proto fam, before we start, we want to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. You want to know the only thing better than winning? It's winning cold, hard cash. And the best way to play fantasy football and win is with FanDuel. From double-ups to giant tournaments and private contests, there are a million ways to win every single week. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy or... Click on the link on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. FanDuel will match 20% of your first deposit with your first bet up to $500. FanDuel is just handing out money for you to play with. Plus, Brodo has you covered with optimizer lineups and weekly DFS articles on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We'll help you come out on top. Sign up today, play some lineups, and win some cash. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hey, yo. Rashad Perriman. Just was- no, not Donnie, Donnie H, not yet. Donnie H was too, too happy Goodness to be on the show today. Um, speaking of Donnie H, Donnie H is probably a grandfather. And I'm a father now, for those who don't know. And Michael, I, I have a, this interesting, this very interesting. Uh, I'm very intrigued by where this is going because I have yeah, no idea. I have a very interesting question that I have to consider, and I want to know how, how, where you stand. I'm a father now, man, and Correct. one of the one of the most important things a father can do for their son is uh, introduce them to sports. Correct. Introduce them to sports teams. Man, I know what you're going to say. Yes, he's a Mets and Jets fan. Move you're going to force your son to be a Mets and Jets fan? You're gonna yeah, force he's going to be the fan of the team I'm a fan of. Absolutely. What? You're not going to give him free will? No. Why? He has free will and everything except sports teams. Because <laughs> we're going to go to games together and we're going to discuss the awfulness that is the Mets and Jets That's what I'm together. saying. But what if he goes to a Jets game and they get like railed by the Panthers? And he's like, What happens if your son at five years old? Sees a Derek Jeter highlight and says he wants to be a Yankees fan. No, no, You're no, going to no. allow that? No, All right, no, no, no. then. So shut up. No, no. So see, That's not free will. I'll allow, I'll allow my son to be a, a fan of, like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I won't allow him to be a fan you of, to be like, a bandwagon fan? the New York Giants. Because I'm a Jets fan. Or the Yankees. I No, I will disown. Listen, listen. Little Dennis, if you're listening to this in the future, you don't be a Yankee fan. There will be no Yankee fans. You think in my he's house. gonna listen to the Week Eleven review pod in like eight possibly, years? Possibly, possibly. His mother was also born in Flushing, Queens, which is where the where the Mets reside. So it's like almost sacrilegious for him to be a Yankee fan. It is true. Plus, he's plus I'm his dad, so I've already have him like mad Correct. Mets gear. But that's that's another issue entirely. <laughs> the Jets, like you know, Johnson and Johnson on the Jets, like uh, Johnson and Johnson, that company is. Doesn't have the best track record. They're shady with their baby powder. Yeah. So why do you want to, you know, Woody Johnson may or may not have worked for an administration that I was not a fan of. Like, why do you want to support these people? Support the team. I don't give a shit who owns the team. That, but that's what you're supporting at the end of the day. I don't buy Jets gear. Yeah, me neither. But that's not the point. I don't go to games because they suck. I don't think I've spent a dollar to support <laughs> the Jets in like 10 years. I mean, your, your eyes support the Jets, though. Correct, but... Cable would be paid for anyways. Doesn't it matter if the Jets were on that day. I watched during the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so now that we know Michael will uh will be uh the grand like uh dictator of his son's sports teams. Correct. Um You know what? Maybe he could have his choice. No, actually I was gonna say hockey, but he should be a Rangers fan too. <laughs> 
hockey? Golf. He could choose a golfer. No, Phil Mickelson or bust, man. (laughs) No. I don't know. He could choose a golfer. I'm just thinking of a Shout out Justin Spieth. I think his first name is Justin. Yeah, but if you're... uh, What if your kid's like, I'm a LeBron fan? I'm saying no, that's bullshit. That's not how it works. I don't like that either. Ain't no bandwagon shit. You support a team, not a player. The players come next after the team. But how can you, how can you like. You could support them afterwards. You could be a fan of a player and then support him afterwards on a different team, but you're still a fan of the team. All right. All right. That makes sense. But I will, I don't know. How could I, how could I in good faith look at that cute face that is my son, almost five months old now, my heart, my soul. I love him. I don't want to hurt him. And then make him a Jets fan. You know, the first time he really pisses you off when he, like, knows how to talk and shit, you're just going to declare him a Jets fan. <laughs> and you can't take it back. That's it. A lifetime of pain. I've set you up. Um, all right. With that being said, let's go to the headlines, Mike. What do you say? Yeah, Donnie H. wants to wants to come back already. Now Donnie H. is back. Uh, I, I'll get it. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Uh, Fun fact. All these drops I cut together. um, And he says, like, this is... And then he says a company. I forget what it was. Like, CBS or NBC or ABC. Headline News. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to cut it. (laughs) So that's why he says, this is... And this is a tiny little pause. Headline headline News. I had no idea. Yeah, see? Donnie H. It's the mysteries. for you, Donnie H. The mysteries. You know, I should... Google Donnie H. Check out at that Wikipedia page and read up on him a little bit. Don Harrison. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if uh, they. You know the the Is guys. Is he from New York? I don't know. The, I have no idea. Do we know anything about Donnie H? No, not at all. Besides I, his glorious radio newscaster voice, or not even radio, just newscaster. He sounds like he has a voice from like New Jersey. Headline news promo of 1990s with Don Harrison. That's definitely where I got my shit from. <laughs> <laughs> Don Harrison uh, it's, It says obituary Oh no is he dead No he's not dead Take it back He's not dead He's not dead is it, There are a bunch of Donald Harrisons that are dead But he's not one of them Sorry other Donald Harrisons Yeah 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 Damn he died of cancer in 1998 Don Harrison newscaster CNN headline, CNN headline news Damn R.I.P. Don Harrison but Marky we keep Donnie it. H. We we keep his spirit alive here on the Broad Fantasy Football Podcast. Yeah. Um. Thinking of, uh, speaking of care, keeping spirits alive, uh, let's get into these headlines. Justin Fields, NFL Networks. Uh, by the way, uh, giving shout, out, giving credit where credit is due. Um, NBC Sports Edge is where we're getting our news. Uh, NFL Networks. Ian Rapport reports Justin Fields avoided broken ribs week eleven against the Ravens. Now we're going to be talking a little bit more about these. Browns pass catchers and what they did, but Andy Dalton, I don't think is any there's any doubt right now that he's the better quarterback for the fantasy assets. So this might actually be a good piece of news. Yeah, I mean Justin Fields was coming on a little bit, but <clears throat> then you see Andy Dalton come in, take over in that game, and he goes 200 yards and two touchdowns. Something that Justin Fields has been struggling to do this year. I mean he's been getting better throughout the uh, throughout the season, but it's not like he's been a dynamic fantasy quarterback by any by any means so i do think this helps um the pass catchers for now um speaking of which it is official uh according to rap sheet that dalton is expected to start in thanksgiving 
Yep. Um, speaking of Thanksgiving, is going to be a, a not so thankful Thanksgiving for CD Lamb, who has a concussion, and it looks like he's going to miss the Week Twelve game. So no CD Lamb, no Amari Cooper. Who Amari Cooper's unvaccinated, so he's got he has to miss the game. So no CD Lamb, no Amari Cooper in this one. Yeah, that's not cool for all of our Thanksgiving viewing pleasure reasons and for the Cowboys in general. No Coop and Lamb is certainly not a good thing. He could technically play Thursday Lamb, but can someone recover from a concussion that quick? Like Sunday, knock down, and play on Thursday? Probably not. Like How, how long does a concussion protocol last for? But anywho, um, Cedric Wilson would end up probably being an interesting dart throw type play. With both of those guys out. I mean, Dalton Schultz certainly goes up in value. Noah Brown is more of a definitely a dart throw, but I do think Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup will be a great play. This is a, this is a good segue into letting you know that we're having a little bit of a different week this week on the podcast on Monday. Uh, obviously, you know there are there are games that are being played on Thursday. It's Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has a happy and healthy holiday. And so we're coming to you today, but we're also going to be coming to you tomorrow with our patron pod. But here's the thing. We're going to be making our patron pod free for everyone. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you decide to support us while you're there. Uh, the the Fantasy Football by Broto app, which gives you, which is the only free app you need to dominate fantasy football. Download it now. I forgot to plug it in the beginning of the show. Uh, is brought to you by our patrons. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Those three games, the the Thursday games, are going to be exclusively on Patreon. But again, it's going to be free for everyone on Patreon. And, of course, you're going to get the waiver pod that you usually get uh, at the same time. Then uh, we'll record on Friday. Probably that looks like it's the plan. We'll record on Friday and get it out as soon as we can to you guys for the rest of the games. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Right. Um, all right. Let's go to the next one. Uh, so one interesting piece of uh, piece of News. information, which you you know, which we kind of knew was happening already. Coach P. Carroll said Chris Carson. Uh, is going to go disc fusion neck surgery. Oof. Does not sound good, I'll tell you that much. No, it doesn't. Um, there's a hope that he'll be ready for next year. Uh, according to Greg Bell on Twitter, a 2016 study of NFL players who required this operation showed that only 67% returned to play again. I mean, they put only in front of 67%, but that's two-thirds of players, so he not has two-thirds Only chance. is certainly usable in this instance. There are not many injuries that a player gets that he can't come back come back from so this is pretty intense like um, the majority of injuries are like 100 percent return rate okay yeah you're right all right fine i, I see what even the bad ones like torn acls yeah, yeah okay i see what you're talking about um this one's pretty i mean adam troutman everyone's favorite sleeper in the offseason finally seeing the work that you expected him to see and now uh, the reports say that he has a sprained MCL and will be out four to six weeks. Lame. Lame. Super Very lame. lame. Like, it, it, it's the worst when it's a young guy who's, like, just coming on who gets hurt. So, not cool. We'll talk about Darnell Mooney. We'll talk about Marquise Goodwin. But Allen Robinson did not practice on Monday. So, um, he's still out with the hamstring. As a person who's currently suffering from a hamstring injury that has lingered. How many weeks has it been now, Michael? Six weeks? Probably about that. Uh, I can tell you that, you know, hamstring injuries suck. Um, although the, the, the Looney Goons, which is our, uh, 
our team won their first playoff game. Correct. This and, on and Sunday. Tim, Tim put in some uh, offensive work despite the torn, not torn. Bad I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know this one's a bad news. Alvin Kamara did not practice Monday. The reason why we have these Monday practice reports for you is because these teams will be playing on Thanksgiving. Al- Alvin Kamara not practicing, so it, I don't know if it, he might miss his third game in a row here. Yeah, not ideal. Um, when he didn't practice that first week, I was like, uh-oh. And then he didn't really practice last week, and I was like, uh-oh. And this this does not seem like – it was random, right? Like no one saw it coming, and I know where they signed the running back, and everyone was like, oh, shit, maybe Kamara's hurt. And it looks pretty bad. So Mark Ingram managers, whoever picked him up, either for free or if they got him on the waiver wire, it's a nice little pickup, and you'll have him for another week, it seems. I don't know what to make of Taysom Hill. I don't know, because he just signed another four-year, $95 million contract extension. But Well, this, the, it's extension listen, is like $22 million or something. $22 million guaranteed. But listen to this. To this, this is straight from Adam Schefter. Hill's contract is worth between forty million and ninety-five million, a discrepancy of fifty-five million dollars, depending on what position he ends up playing for the Saints. He can make up the fifty-five million. He can make up the fifty-five million dollar discrepancies by earning the starting quarterback role over the next four years. The deal also includes a twenty-two point five million dollar guarantee. Uh, he noted that Hill's contract is unlike any other in the NFL because of how it scales the salary up based on the position that he's playing. Uh, it's, it's a strange, I don't know, man. I just, I don't understand why Trevor Simeon is still quarterbacking there. I mean, he played well. He did not. He played terrible until the fourth quarter. Right. Which he's done the past like three weeks. Right, right. I should, I should. And when you're down by multiple touchdowns entering the fourth, it's not ideal. Right. I don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, all I know is that I Taysom know, Hill, Hill is like slightly injured or something. Taysom what? Hill's on my bench right now, wasting a spot and I might have to drop him, especially with this news that just came up. Adam Schefter also reports that Michael Carter suffered a high ankle sprain uh, and will miss two to three weeks. Also lame. Big blow to the Jets. Big Michael blow. Michael Carter has been a to fantasy. Very solid RB two over these last several weeks. Basically the entire season outside a couple down games. Damn. He, he was on his way to have a great game yesterday too before he left with the injury. He was running great. He the the run that the big run that he had, he was one, a, a couple inches short of the end zone on a dive would have got you 13 points in in for like a quarter and a half had he reached the end zone. And now he's out for two to three weeks. Probably Ty Johnson. Tevin Coleman is the one who got he's the most the of the work. The carries, yeah. Ugh, starting Tevin Coleman is, is like, it's like putting a knife in your knee. It's just like, you know, don't want to do it. Yeah. But sometimes you have to knife your knee. Um, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Jamal Agnew. This one, this one sucks, man. He probably he finally gets his opportunity, and he'll miss the remainder of the season with a hip injury. Um, sucks. What else can I say? Sucks. Yeah, fucking injuries, man. Injuries. Worst part about football. Um, Logan Thomas. This is good news. He's finally supposed to play again this week. And we know that the the Reds, I mean the the Washington football team likes to target their tight ends. Yeah, Logan Thomas would be a welcome, uh, welcome addition back to that team. Who's now won two games in a row. Uh, Corlin Sutton. Right after Tim Patrick signs an extension, Corlin Sutton goes and signs an, impa- an extension. Maybe they'll throw him the ball more now. Four year contract worth up to sixty point eight million dollars with thirty four point nine million guaranteed. Hey, we're gonna pay you like a stud, but only give you two targets a game. 
this has to be a move. I mean, you have to, Jason said earlier that he would put money that Matt Ryan is the starter for the Broncos. I can see something next like that. year. Like how the Colts last year went after Philip Rivers. I I could see them making a run at at uh, Aaron Rodgers. Although I think Aaron Rodgers is destined for Pittsburgh. Personally, Pitt. That would be weird. I don't like that. Um, I they're gonna make a run for Aaron Rodgers. That's for damn sure. He's a hipster too. He would fucking love Denver. Denver was cool when we went to Denver. Yeah, it's Denver a nice was place. A good place. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm about Denver. It's just that it snows so much, and it's just, I, I'm about Denver in the summertime. <laughs> um. Well, even when we uh we went, what what month was it? August. Was it August or July? July or August, we went to Denver, and we did a hike that was partly uphill. And at one point, there was snow. Like we were in shorts and a t-shirt because it was really hot that day. It was almost like a hundred degrees, and then there's snow while we're walking. Like, yeah, it was it was very cool. <laughs> um, Antonio Brown, the the Athletics Greg Allman says that if Antonio Brown's COVID nineteen vaccine card is found to be fake, it could be a matter that is handled as a federal criminal offense. Brown vehemently denies. Uh, that he used a fake COVID ID, but his former clef, I mean chef, who claims Brown owes him $10,000, says otherwise. Antonio Brown and drama follow each other around. His clef. His clef. Do you think he's lying or not, the clef? <laughs> it's a uh, weird thing to lie about, but I also, people love just being in the spotlight. This chef is probably like, everyone's talking about me, yeah. Or he's like, yo, you owe me $10,000. If you don't give me the $10,000, I'm going to snitch on you and I'm going to tell, tell lies. Or I could tell the truth. Like, you, or, don't, you don't know what his motives are. Yeah, that's true. You don't know. I guess we'll find out. They're going to investigate. He, he has one motive for sure, to get $10,000 for Antonio Brown. But I don't think that's going to happen now. Is $10,000 like what? That's what he owes him. Number, oh, he owes him ten k. Reportedly. Oh, then I don't believe him at all. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Seems desperate. Yeah, it does seem like that. But at the same time, like if you if someone owed you ten grand and you had like this piece to play against them and they're like and you say, Hey, I need my money and they're like, Man, fuck you. Fuck your money. I would be like, All right, you wanna say fuck your money? All right, let's let's get let's get jiggy. Let's let's make it let's get personal. Yeah. Or what do I do? Let me just make something up about him. That's I mean, that could be the case too. But you a personal chef that's happy with Antonio Brown as a person um, is definitely not seeking to hurt him. You know what I mean? Fair. Uh, all right. Let's talk about what actually happened this Monday. Um, is This is the we saw that coming. The things that we saw coming from a mile away. I saw that coming from a mile away. All right, Michael. Who's your first saw that coming? First, I want to say welcome back, Gronk. He's having a very nice... First half so far. Oh, by the way, we're watching the game while we're recording, yes. as you guys know, uh, if you've been listening to us all season. And the reason I bring up Gronk is because I'm staying in the tight end department here. Mr. Cole Komet, who on the podcast I said to Tim, Cole Komet is the Cole Komet love this week is absolutely stupid. It's just a clear recency bias move. Like, the guy's won game all season over seven P- half PPR fantasy points, and there's no reason to trust him, even in what looks like a good matchup. I, I 
wanted to bet to him that Jeff Swaim would have a better game than Cole Komet. Unfortunately, Jeff Swaim missed the game because of a concussion. But Anthony Ferkser, who caught like two passes for 20 yards, ended up having a better game for, than Cole Komet, who went one catch, 12 yards. Shocking. He's just going to return to, I. you shouldn't start this guy next week. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I knew it was stupid. I mean, Anthony Ferkser's game got saved by the fact that he recovered a touchdown. In the That's what of- I said. I didn't even bring yeah. that up. I just said he caught like two passes for 20 yards, and yeah. that beats him even. All right, fine. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> um, so my first one is, first of all, the Philadelphia Eagles defense, who I told you to stream now for a second week in a row and put up yeah. a good game for the second week in a row, touchdown for the second week in a row. I want to talk. I want to shout out the Eagles defense because I because looking at the upcoming schedule for the Eagles as well, the Eagles defense. If you happen to stream them when I told you to, this is a defense on the rise, a defense that's putting up points, a defense that's being opportunistic, and one that has good matchups upcoming. So you may have found yourself a uh, defense for the remainder of the season, although they do have a bye in a couple weeks. So Eagles that, are on the up and up. Yeah, the Eagles are on the up and up. So is Jalen Hurts, who is gaining respect by the minute. And this is a shout-out for the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast in general, Brodo Fantasy in general, and Cass. Cass, on Sun Saturday, surprised us and said, hey, guys, look what I did. And he... Not we now. Not only do we have points over average on the app, which tells you the amount of points a team scores over the average of the players they've faced, not the general population, only the players they faced. They we now split that up for quarterbacks into points passing and points running. Correct. And for running backs, points rushing and points receiving. So, one thing that was saw seen, one thing that was revealed was that the Saints are giving up 17 points a game to quarterbacks. Um, but if you break that down, because a lot of people were like, oh, Jalen Hurts not going to have a good game. The Saints are really good against quarterbacks. But if you broke it down, you saw that the Saints were averaging, giving up three points a game on the ground to... Three points a game on the ground to... Uh, Michael just Michael just had a reaction to the game, and I, I got completely uh, sidetracked. Um, to the rushing quarterback, which doesn't sound like a lot, but three points a game rushing is a lot to a quarterback, and it's 287% over the average of these quarterbacks. So we didn't have to do it on Twitter. Some of the people who use Brodo and some of the people who use the Brodo app who post on Twitter, they put it up there. They said, hey, this might be a really good game for Jalen Hurts on the ground. Lo and behold, 18 carries for 69 yards and three rushing TDs. One of the all-time calls, man. One of the all-time calls. So I just want to give us a shout-out on that Just absolutely glorious. Deadass. So cool. Yeah. They just work to perfection. Listen, no one else does this. No one else does it. We does this. Nowhere else can you find out how many points over the average of the players they've actually faced a running back has. And not only that. Like, I mean, a quarterback has not only that, how much comes from rushing and how much comes from passing. That's just some shit that you need to know. And here we are giving it to you for free. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. If you haven't already, download it. Michael, who's your second one? Did you you, you do your first one? Oh, yeah, you did Jalen Hurts, right. You started talking about the app and then I thought you were doing like a... No, it's because I forgot forgot the (laughs) the ad today. Dude, this was so easy to see. Saw coming from a mile away. As as Bender says, Miles Gaskin. Yeah, tweeted if any week is going to be Miles Gaskin week, it's going to be this week. 
a whopping 23 rush attempts. As inefficient as always, only only 89 rushing yards, three receptions, seven receiving yards, and he got into the end zone, ending with 17.1 half PPR fantasy points, his second best output of the season. The Jets, by golly gosh, if you have a running back against the Jets, you absolutely play that running back no matter what. By golly gosh, he said. By well, golly gosh. We're gonna, that, that's going to come to the test this week because the Jets are playing Houston. Oh boy, that's gonna come to a Rex test. Burkhead for the win. Rex Burkhead or or the guy that they just called up from the practice squad who got the most touches last week. They always yeah. pull that shit. This is like the second yeah. week that they've just had a random practice squad dude have the most touches. They won. They beat the Titans, so <laughs> it worked. Um, my second saw that coming is twofold. Number one for this week, Justin Jefferson, eight receptions, one hundred sixty nine yards, two touchdowns. On the preview pod, Michael and I said we love the way he's being worked into the offense more. We couldn't understand why he wasn't being worked in the offense earlier and that he's being finally used properly and to stay in the flames and not sell. We we actually gave advice to one of our Patreon perks is that you can get free team consultation. So we had a uh, a joint call with one of our, our patrons who had a team consultation with us, and we he ended up making a great trade for Justin Jefferson. Um, so... Justin Jefferson the last two weeks has turned up, and we don't think that's stopping. So, number one. Number two for the season, true throw value is something that we use here, a a proven stat. At this point, it's been four years. It's proven to work. And Kirk Cousins was the true throw value prince. He was the one that brought people back from the brink last year. And we told you going into this year while other people were telling you, hey, Kirk Cousins had a great year last year. He's going to regress to the mean. Like, no. That's not how it works. He's had a great year last year, and he's and he's going to continue to have a great year because he still has great weapons around him, and he's proving that. 341 yards in the air and three TDs. He's been a, a quarterback one way more times than guys like that you expected to be quarterback ones in the beginning of the year. Like Ryan Tannehill, for one. Like Justin Herbert, for one. Like he, he ha- He's been more steady than these guys. So Kirk Cousins... Is a, a kind of a an off season. I told you so. Captain for this Kirk, one. baby, Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk. Now uh, look, we like to pat pat ourselves on the back, but we also like to call out our mistakes. What are some things that surprised us? Surprise, motherfucker! Michael, who's your first surprise? I gotta watch the third episode of Dexter. Have you seen it? I watched half of it. How do? What do you think of after the first two? You so the second episode was a little better than the first episode, but it's yeah, just, I disagreed. I like the first episode a lot better than the second. Do you know what it is, man? It's just it's stupider than the original than the original show. Everything's more deliberate. It's it's explained to you, like even the the parts where you're supposed to catch, like they'll just explain it. A second they'll later. explain it a second later. It's just like yo, I know I'm not stupid. I don't like I don't like shows that do that. I feel you. So, but you know, Dexter is still Dexter. He's still a very interesting character. I like the character of Harrison. I think he's in- intriguing. Holy moly! The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer looks absolutely incredible. Now that I'm like caught up with like the Marvel universe and shit, Doctor Strange, Tim, you'd like that movie. Watch I, Doctor Strange. No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't watch any superhero movies. I refuse. <laughs> for for real, I just I think the I think if if you want to in one word describe what's wrong with America, superhero movies is the word. I have no idea what that means, but okay. Speaking of dumb things, just, everyone just wants to see a superhero. No one wants to see anything about real life anymore. Well, they're, they're actual storylines. Yeah, but they're dumb storylines. 
Whatever. Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> is my surprise, surprise. Ben Roethlisberger came to life in week 11, had his first game over 16.2 fantasy points on the season. Let's give him a round of applause for Big Ben, who absolutely balled out in the fourth quarter yesterday in a tremendous comeback that fell short. They were down 17 points. It was 27 to 10, I believe, going into the fourth quarter. It ended 41-37. Absolutely absurd. I mean, Crazy the, game. the Chargers were just making mistakes all over the place. And Big Ben was taking advantage, though. And 273 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. Great performance by Big Ben. Um, I'm not chasing it by any means. Um, that's why this is a surprise, surprise section. Because it was surprising that we saw Big Ben actually be a viable quarterback that didn't look like complete trash in that fourth quarter yesterday. Here's a surprise. Dan Arnold had zero targets. That's that's what I get for finally buying into Dan Arnold. <laughs> After all the shit talking about Dan Arnold, I finally buy into him. He There's no reason targets. not to buy into him. He's been a target monster. Like he's, I could, I could live with crazy. a bad game, but I can't live with zero targets. Crazy, bro. Crazy. Wow. Why? Uh, don't, don't ask me. I have no idea. No idea. But Michael, how? Why? Don't ask me. I have no idea. <laughs> all right. I mean, I have nothing else to say. Like Dan Arnold has zero targets. Fuck. It sucks. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that either. It's like. <laughs> How are you going to trust him going forward either because he's on the damn Jaguars? Like, maybe this was an outlier game, especially now with Jamal Agnew heading say, to the IR. It tells you that he's going to get more at work. Also, holy moly, LaVisca Chenault got outsnapped by Laquan Treadwell yesterday, like after Jamal Agnew went down. That guy, what a huge miss for everyone outside of Brodo. He just seemed to be everyone's favorite guy to draft this year except us. We never understood it for a single second. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I don't have any Lavisca Chenault on any of my teams. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. I I did have a big Allen Robinson share though, so I can't I can't act like I'm holier than thou. Is that is that Brashad Perriman? On it is right. Brashad Perriman is making his return as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Correct? Excellent, excellent. <clears throat> Anywho, Michael, moving ahead. on. Uh, my next surprise, surprise. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks offense is completely broken at the moment. It's a travesty watching that team. They need to just, like, I thought it was Brian Schottenheimer's fault. It seems it was all Pete Carroll's fault because I have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They're running, like, 40 plays a game when the league average is, like, 60. They're going so slow, and they're just trying to establish the run with Alex Collins and DJ Dallas when they have Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Another game where DK, like, Tyler Lockett ended up with 115 yards on four receptions. Like, he just connected with Russell Wilson a couple times, but it's not like there were incomplete passes on downfield attempts. He just happened to catch them this time. DK Metcalf had a terrible game. That offense is just completely broken right now, and it's just, man, I don't know how you could trust this team going forward unless something drastic changes, and I don't see why I would because Pete Carroll thinks when the offense is struggling, that just means they need to run the ball more and just continue going ridiculously slow it's just so mind-boggling to me did you see his press conference after the game i didn't i don't even want to look the man in the eyes right now he was like you know it's, it's my fault i suck I, I don't i don't know how to do this i don't know how to coach with being so far behind i don't know how to i don't know how to do it i just don't know how i gotta figure it out serious yeah this guy's been a coach for man long he has had very good teams for a long time though yeah. all i know is that the jets are now in position to pick twice in the top five next year 
True that. That's good news to good, for Jamal good news. Adams. I'm I'm definitely an anti Seahawks fan this year. For Jamal Adams, who made penalty, who gave up a penalty at the end of the game, and then gave up a touchdown at the end of the game because he is an awful player. Sucks. Ugly. Um, this one I'm gonna put as a surprise, surprise because they went crazy. Darnell Mooney and Marquise Goodwin, the Bears' outside threats, five catches for 121 yards and a touchdown for Mooney. Marquise Goodwin, four catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. I will say this. I'll pat myself on the back a little bit about Marquise Goodwin. He was like experts consensus number like 74 or something like that, and I moved him all the way up to like 40. So I thought he would be playable, but I didn't know 104 and a touchdown was coming, and I definitely didn't see this coming from Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is playing very well. Yeah, I'm not going to act like I knew Marquise Goodwin was going to have a good game either. That was just a great... That was great if whoever called that. Like, I know there's one person on Twitter. I'd shout him out, but it, I saw it in passing, and I, I had no idea who it was, who said Marquise Goodwin was a great Like, sleeper, dart throw right? Dart throw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw great. that, too. Yeah. But, yeah, Darnell Mooney, at this point, he's a weekly wide receiver three. I think he's a clear number one option at this point, even when Robinson returns. Maybe Allen Robinson has just hit that age wall. Everyone was blaming the quarterback, but now Darnell Mooney keeps putting in work. I mean, Andy Dalton's the quarterback in this in this sense. I know, but he was Mooney has had some good games in a row now here with Justin Fields at QB two, even when Allen Robinson was doing nothing. That's true. Like maybe Allen Robinson is just uh, falling down his his age pedestal too. With all due respect to Mister Robinson, have you seen his wife? Allen Hello, Mister Robinson. I have not. She's uh. She's good. She's a very attractive woman. Very nice. Let's put it that way. Um, let's go on to our uh, our next one. Just like uh, just like Alan Robinson's love life, stock rising. There you go. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at ten cents a share. And by the way, John. Our analyst indicator could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Uh, embarrassing confession. I uh, I was following her on Instagram before uh, she got with Allen Robinson. I don't, I don't think that's embarrassing. Yeah, you know, just following someone because they have a nice butt is like not. It's like that's not really something a married father should be doing. But I was because I wasn't a married father at the time. Yeah, 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 I mean, that's what she's. I mean, that's what she's famous for. <laughs> Can we move on now? Yeah. My first, we <laughs> saw that coming. The GOAT, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only, the star of all stars, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, baby. I couldn't go through this episode without mentioning Jonathan Taylor's name, even in stock rising, because what he's gone from the RB1 to the RB1 at this point. Like, <laughs> he, he can't really rise his stock any farther, but this guy just. Put up over 50 fantasy points. We have a 100-yard bonus, so 52.9 half PBR fantasy points. Absolutely absurd. A beautiful receiving touchdown as well. Um, 32 rushing rush attempts, 185 rushing yards. Completely put the team on his back. Absolutely dominated the Buffalo Bills defense. That was absolutely elite going into the season. I think they put up a... Going they, into the game. Going into the game, yeah. They put up... um something on the TV during a game that said, like, during the Sunday night game, I think it was, that Buffalo was the number one rushing team as a defensive unit. This is the first time anyone's ever 
had a game like that against the number one rushing team like this deep into a season or something like that, which I'm not surprised by by any means. That guy, Jonathan Taylor, just a different animal. On he the- just tied Danian Tomlinson for the most 100-yard games with a touchdown for a running back ever consecutively. If he goes 100 yards and a touchdown again next week, he's literally going to be the only person to ever do that. It's absurd. That is absurd. That's absolutely you know in the preview pod I, I said this. This is gonna be the superstar test for Jonathan Taylor. If if he's a superstar, he'll play well against the Bills. And then he scored five touchdowns. Yep. I think the superstar test is is complete. By the way, have you watched the uh, Hard Knocks in season with the Colts? I have not. It's cool. You gotta check it out. This is gonna make a good this is gonna make a good fucking episode. That does sound cool. The whole time that was happening, I was thinking to myself, like, yo, I can't wait to watch this on Wednesday. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't I don't know like I haven't watched Hard Knocks. I don't know why. Hard Knocks is great, man. Like, I feel like I would definitely enjoy it. For sure. It's right up your alley, obviously. It's great. Yeah. Um, speaking of right up my alley, oh, Mr. Ayuk, I love you so. I thought I could quit you, but I couldn't. Yeah. And now here we are in Louvre again. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Oh. Brandon Ayuk's target share. Hooked on a feeling. Over the last four games. 25.9, 20.5, 21.1, 21. and 36.8%. That is a lot of freaking targets. He has not had less than seven targets in those in those games. And listen to this. Are you ready to get an ear boner if you have... If you have Brandon Ayuk, this is in the uh, this was posted by Matt Harmon. It, it was in a uh, he he linked the uh, the link to the San Francisco Chronicle, I believe. Despite the standard that Sanahan sh- set, the head coach was impressed by at how Ayuk responded to the pressure placed upon him. And I just thought this is what uh, he's saying. Uh, Shanahan and I just thought it was impressive how being younger being new to this league when things aren't going your right way and people are putting pressure on you not just outside but inside a lot of guys tend to point the finger and feel sorry for themselves which is what worries you and you've got to wait till the offseason almost to bring them back rather than succumbing to the pressure Shanahan described how Ayuk solely focused on improving his craft both on game days and in practice and how the receiver continued putting in the work when the game plan didn't go in his favor quote he wasn't like that. He kept working, kept trying to get better, and I knew everyone's seen it seen it these last couple weeks, sorry. But you could see it happening in practice too. He didn't always get the results on the targets and stuff, but we don't really plan that. I thought Debo would get more targets today. It's just comes out the way it does. Damn, son. Ear boner for Brandon Ayuk <laughs> rosterers because Brandon Ayuk not only is he now on the rise, and look, I'm not saying that he's some wide receiver one, although he has finished as a wide receiver one in two of the last three weeks. So not something that's uh, out of the question. I'm not saying he's a wide receiver one, but coming up, he has Minnesota, Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston, championship week. Atlanta in the playoffs. Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston in the playoffs. I repeat, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston in the playoffs. I heard you, and guess what? He's the wide receiver one because Debo Samuel's the RB one. Facts. <laughs> well, there's no reason to think that they won't continue to do that. It's brought them great offensive success the past two games. I mean, 
Debo Samuel is just a different kind of beast at the moment. He's a different kind of animal. Um, Michael, who's your second stock up? My second stock up, this was an interesting one. Uh, Devontae Freeman Ooh. of the Baltimore Ravens who, look, I know it's ugly, but Latavius Murray returned and Devontae Freeman still led that backfield with 16 rush attempts to Murray's 10 and got the pass catching work. Six targets, six receptions, 31 yards. He ended up scoring a touchdown on 16 rush attempts. That is 22 total opportunities in that offense. I know that was pumped up a little bit because Hundley was at QB, but he was getting touches with Lamar Jackson too, man. And that's five of his last, excuse me, four of his last five games with double digits in half PPR fantasy leagues. That's not something to scoff at with the way uh, the RB the, the RB rooms are at the moment. So starting running back, as ugly as it may seem, he just continues to get the work, and he's the clear lead back in that backfield right now, which gives him a decent RB2 flex floor, and a lot of people could use that at the moment. Decent RB2 flex floor sounds like bars. I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a decent RB2 flex floor sounds like a... a like one of those things that you connect to your doorway and you do pull-ups on it. So a what what are those called? I think it's a decent RB2 flex what would you uh, say again? Dip? <laughs> decent RB2 flex floor? That's what it's called. De- decent RB2 flex floor. No, but what's the name of the thing? The Bow Flex Decent RB2 flex floor. <laughs> <laughs> There's something gym that everyone got that became a big out of nowhere that you just hang over your door. Total, Total gym. gym. Total gym. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have three of those or two of those, like in our house for no reason. We we never used them when we were kids, but we had two of them for whatever reason. Actually, <clears throat> Johnny bought one, and me and Jason were younger. We were like, oh, I remember this nine or ten. <laughs> I want to say we wow. Daniel Jones just threw a ball directly into the chest of a Tampa Bay lineman. I have no idea what that was. To to your point, though, Michael, how how you guys were so young, we couldn't exactly we couldn't yeah. reach the total gym. Hanging from the door. We had to jump to grab it. But we're like younger. Like, yeah, let's do some pull-ups. Jason jumps. And when he's grabbing it, he pushes it up. So it falls off the door. By accident. Accidentally, obviously. He comes down. It comes down on his face and chips his tooth. And he chipped his tooth because of the fucking jungle gym. And how his tooth is still chipped to this day. Um... My second stock up is Elijah Moore. Give more, me more. Give me more. Elijah. He was up to 80% snap percentage. Fucking beautiful. Holy moly. Beautiful. About time. 28.2% target share. And a lot of people, I saw this going around. I'm nervous about Elijah Moore going forward because I don't know what his role is going to be with Zach Wilson. If he's on the field for 80% of snaps, then it doesn't matter. He's going to get the targets. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Now Elijah Moore has has performed already with three quarterbacks. He's performed with Josh Johnson under center. He's performed with Mike White under center. And he's performed with Joe Flacco under center. What's to make you think that Zach Wilson is just not the next guy? Especially because I, I, I do think Zach Wilson is benefiting from this time off and he will come back looking a little more like a professional quarterback. Just to tell you Elijah Moore and what he's doing and how much success he's having... Uh, Matt Harmon's reception perception, where he goes and and logs and charts every single uh, route that is run. We've mentioned it before. We are big, big time, big time fans of reception percent reception perception perception. Elijah Moore go. has run every route 
in the route tree. And on only two routes is he less than 75% successful. He is winning on every single level. And if you watch the highlights or if you watch his highlights or if you watch the game in general, you're going to see that he was absolutely wide open when he was when he was hit. Like he was getting open. The man is nice. He's good at football and it's about time he's getting some work. Stock up. Bada bing bada boom. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Bada bing bada boom. Your next guy now. My next guy, my last guy. My last stock rising goes to another guy who people were... Well, he was falling out of favor a little bit, but it didn't make much sense because he was injured. He had a bad game when he returned, but so what? And that's Mr. Dawson Knox, who in a nice matchup against Indy saw 10 targets and went 6 for 80. Emmanuel Sanders continues to just fall down the pecking order on that offense. And Cole Beasley. And Cole Beasley had another very bad game. Not good for them. Good for Dawson Knox, who saw 10 targets in a game where Josh Allen um, struggled. Like, the Bills, I don't... What happened to the Bills? That's what happens when you... You can't, for two a year and a half, not have any resemblance of a running game. Like, they're 6-4 and four now. When they, were, when they were winning, they were running the ball. It's not even like they're losing to only good teams, like, either. They got absolutely worked by the Jaguars, and then... Like, the Colts are, like, a wild card contender, but they just get absolutely decimated by them like that. Colts it's, are a better team than their record stays. I agree, but you shouldn't be losing to them by multiple scores and getting embarrassed by their running back. True. So, yeah. Dawson, it's, now we're talking about the the demise of the Bills, but it's still a positive Dawson Knox um, reasoning behind all this. Uh. Yeah, and then and honorary stock down. I had him last week, so I didn't say it again. Cole Beasley. He was he was the main sacrificial lamb to Dawson Knox. As as I mentioned, we we mentioned that we didn't know if Cole Beasley was not getting the targets in those games that Dawson Knox got a lot of tar- a lot of targets because A they were blowouts or B because Knox was on the field. And I think you saw that this one was a blot on the other side, and it was Knox who got the the work. So yep. Knox good for Beasley. Put it into work. I'm going to Steelers Steelers pass catching options as my last uh stock up. Look, Big Ben, we mentioned, has a much lighter schedule coming up. The Steelers have a much lighter schedule in terms of pass defenses. Chase Claypool came back, looked pretty good last week. And left a lot out on the table. Deontay Johnson is a fucking stud. So I think that if you have both of those guys, you have in one of them, you have a low end RB wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. And in the other one, you have a mid range wide receiver two, wide receiver three type that you can count on every week going forward if the Steelers offense continues to perform like that. Now, Najee, when I first got this in, Najee Harris. I thought his concussion was going to be a little worse, but it looks like he's not going to miss any time or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I think that this is a – it's good news for the – He returned to the game, so – He returned to the game, but he didn't – like in, in limited capacity. So I, I think that this is – I think it's good news for the Steelers that Big Ben is better. Obviously, he's better than Mason Rudolph. Obviously. And Mason Rudolph. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to our last one. The stock falling section – uh, this is the one where the players is. Uh, yeah, these guys, good luck. 
the worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Little uh, behind the scenes action. I bought stock of Roku at $21 a share. It got up to over $500 a share. As you would imagine, my portfolio was bloated because of that. Recently, it's been on a downfall, though, and it's at today it closed at 230 a share. Now, st- I'm still in the green by a very large margin, but I've lost a, I've lost a lot of hypothetical money over the last two weeks. It's, it's, been, it's been hard to watch. True that. Who else has been hard to watch, Michael? Emmanuel Sanders Oof. has been uh, terrible to watch. Ever since the bye week in week seven in just absolutely tremendous matchups, he's gone. Donut, 8.5, 6.1, 4.1 in half PPR fantasy leagues. Goodness gracious. Uh, only five targets last week, three receptions, 26 yards. Only two targets the week prior, four the week prior, four the week prior. Like He hasn't seen more than four targets in any of his last four games either since his complete down skid started. And a lot of his production earlier in the year was due to touchdowns to begin with. Um, of the five-reception game had two touchdowns. A three-reception game had two touchdowns. A lot of it had to do with touchdowns. He's no longer scoring touchdowns as that offense seems to be sputtering a little bit. And now he's just... Like, he's a wide receiver four or five at this point. Um... Like, he's not the wide receiver two or three. He was in the beginning of the year, and I don't see how you could trust him next week unless something uh, drastic changes in Buffalo. Can I just be a New Yorker real quick before we go? A New Yorker. The fucking overrated-ass New York Giants fucking defense is getting spanked yet again. Suck it, everyone who gave me shit on Twitter this this summer. Yeah, you hear that? You are the New Yorkers. Yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. Every yeah. time the Giants suck, I, it Yeah, it fuck the me, New Yorkers who are for the Giants. Go Jets. It makes me... Makes me so happy. Um, my other stock down is the Patriots running backs. Why would it be a stock down if the Patriots running backs are averaging almost six yards a carry? It's because you don't know who's getting the ball ever. Ever. Ramondre Stevenson, 12 carries for 69 yards. Damian Harris, 10 carries. Kendrick Bourne got a carry. Mac Jones carried it six times. Brandon Bolden got a carry. In the passing game, it was Brandon Bolden who got the most work of the of the running backs. Damian Harris got a target. Ramon J. Stevenson got a catch. It's a mess. It's a three-headed backfield. It's the prototypical Bill Belichick situation. And I don't want any part of it. And it sucks because I have Damian Harris and he was doing well. And then Ramon J. Stevenson had to go and put up a great game, and now he's going to get work. Damn it. He had more rushes than Damian Harris this past week. He did. 12 to 10. He also looks tremendous. Looks like a good player. Yeah. But I feel you. But Damian Harris played for Nick Saban. And everyone knows Nick Saban and Bill Belichick go way back. I mean, way back. Ages. <laughs> ages, Michael. Ages. Oh, um, Michael, ages go to your... <laughs> ages. <laughs> Who's your second stock down? Your second stock down, man. It's T. Higgins. This one hurts for you, huh? This one hurts me. Three targets, two receptions, 15 yards. Right when we say Tyler Boyd is useless, Tyler Boyd has the best game of all the receivers. Well, Jamar Chase ended up with more fantasy points because he scored a touchdown, but Tyler Boyd was most involved in receiving work. 
I don't really understand it. Like T Higgins, all the all the all the advanced numbers say to be patient with T Higgins, and it's coming. Like the yards per target and the amount of targets he's seeing, the the target share and all that. But this guy is now at thirty seven receptions, four hundred forty six yards, and two receiving touchdowns. He's missed a couple weeks, but it's week twelve coming up. Like that's simply just not gonna cut it. This one hurts. I like T Higgins a lot this season. Um, I thought he'd be. A, easy wide receiver two three that you could trust every week and he's been semi-consistent for the majority of the year but this now three of the last five games less than 10 four of the last six games actually less than 10 half ppr fantasy points Uh, it's it has not been great for t higgins he's not getting the high value targets the high value targets are going elsewhere jamah to jamah chase get it to jamah um I'm going to have a Titans theme on these next two, so I'm going to go two in Fun. a row. I'm going to go two in a row, Michael. The first one is A.J. Brown. There's only so much you can say to cover A.J. Brown's ass for being terrible this season. Uh, five for 48. He had another chest injury. He's supposed to be all right. But how often can you be this terrible without people just kind of giving up on you? Now... He's exploded a couple times, but that was with Derrick Henry. That was with Julio Jones, at least the threat of Julio Jones on the other side. There is something to be said about wondering whether if A.J. Brown can handle the handle everything by himself. Marcus Johnson got injured in this game. Dontrell Hilliard ended up catching the ball eight times. <coughs> Nick Westbrook-Akina, seven times. A.J. Brown only five times. Chester Rogers had four catches. Like, can A.J. Brown handle the attention? I don't think we've seen that he can yet. I don't know. It's been very upsetting, though. I'll tell you that much. And I'm going to go to the second one now. Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman. This was the week for him. This was the week that everyone that it was going to be his week. What's his name was out? Jeremy McNichols. So what happens? Adrian Peterson gets nine ca- carries. Deontay Foreman gets f- seven carries. All right, that's not... Dontrell Hilliard. Former Cleveland Brown great. Out of nowhere. Seven carries for 35 yards. It's clear that the Titans don't know what's going on in this backfield. Uh, since since uh, Derrick Henry went down, I don't think anyone's had over 10 carries in a game. It's just not a backfield that I want anything anything to be part of. I mean, if Adrian Peterson falls into the end zone or Deontay Foreman falls into the end zone, you're probably going to like it. But then again, their goal line back is Ryan Tannehill. It's been Ryan Tannehill. So I, I, I have more faith that Ryan Tannehill gets into the end zone than I do Deontay Foreman does. So there's just no reason to have him right now. And he was a popular start last week. Yeah. A guy that we said, hey, this is probably his week. And a, a lot of respected people said, hey, this is probably their week. Just He's trending up, and then that happens. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Sometimes you just can't tell. All right, Michael, finish this off. Lastly, Tim, you're not probably like, going to like this one too much. Michael Pittman Jr. I was going to say TJ Hawkinson. I was like, you're, 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 he had a good game. Two catches, 23 yards. Look, this was what I bro, feared with Michael bro, Pittman. But, yeah, come on, bro. Carson Wentz had like they're 100 cl- yards. Exactly. They're clearly operating through Jonathan Taylor at the moment. And these types of games are very possible for Michael Pittman. And he hasn't proven he could dominate in tough matchups. He had a tough matchup here against Buffalo. Two receptions, 23 yards. 
Week 14, he gets a bye, and then he ends the season New England, Arizona, Las Vegas. Las Vegas doesn't have like a premier cornerback, but they've been overall pretty good against opposing wide receivers this year. Yeah, New England and Arizona are two very tough matchups Actually, as well this season. N- number one wide receivers against Arizona have been absolutely shut down. And he has a bye week 14. Like This is why I had him listed as my sell high before that monster game against Tennessee, and then I had to take an L on that for like one week. But now it's back-to-back weeks with less than 10. Even Tampa Bay next week is not a give me type a gimme type of game. We'll see how it goes the rest of the season for Michael Pittman, but people who had their high their hopes high. Remember I was saying he was mad dumb how he was ranked as a wide receiver one? Oh yeah. We all remember Michael because yeah. you remind us every episode. Recency bias, my dude. Recency bias. Michael's favorite new words. Recency and bias. And he puts them together. Because people just use it way too much in fantasy football. Kadarius Tony has six catches tonight. Two reactionary and ten targets. To from week to week, things you know, things typically level out. Can't have massive overreactions week to week. That's why I'm way better at yearly fantasy than I am at DFS. <laughs> I'm better. I, I, for real, I'm, I'm so much better at seeing the big picture than I am seeing the seeing the the game by game picture. Personally, completely different animals. Yeah, different animals. Mike, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Jason at Brodo FF Jason. You can find Cass at Brodo FF Casanova. See what we did there? Branding. Oh, genius. Um, please go download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Visit us at BrodoFantasy.com and follow us on our socials, Brodo Fantasy at Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok, where you can find the Brother Johnny uh, exclusive Bears and Bull Report, which he was on Rashad Bateman, and then the news came out that Lamar Jackson switched his his bull to Jameson Crowder, who ended up getting you a touchdown. So, Brother Johnny out here making some calls. Gotta love it. He went on the limb with Jameson Crowder. Definitely not a guarantee. Top two in our home league. We're going to be the only two teams. We're both going to win this week. Third place is going to have four losses. So, we're going to be a nice couple games ahead. No, third place is Jason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why, Why did he lose again? Cause your boy beat him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Boom, boom, boom. I'm, I'm, about wah, to, wah, wah, wah. I'm hopefully moving into fourth place this week too. Time will tell, brother. Time Jason, tell. Jason, moving up too. We all won this week. Give me some, Jay. The chop bro is putting in work. Yo, Jay, tell the people. Tell the people what's up. Yo, stock down, Kenny Galladay. That guy fucking sucks. He can't catch a ball, man. Fuck. Jason needs <laughs> needs two catches from Kenny Gall- Gall- Galladay to win the FFPC league. This guy caught a pass on like the second play of the game for the Giants and has not caught one since. Yo, we're in the middle of uh, of breaking down uh, something, and then there was a throw to Kenny Galladay, and Michael Michael went like this. <laughs> well, not out loud. Not out loud, but in his face. That's what happened. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. Remember, Tuesday, tomorrow, we'll be previewing the Thursday games. On Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Free for all. Later. Later.